In the mid-90s, Team Dress changed the face of queercore forever. 25 years later, they're back with a handful of new songs and the reissue of their two classic albums, Personal Best and Captain My Captain. Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the independent record label, Kill Rock Stars. Support for the future of what comes from Merch Table. With over 15 years of experience in merchandising, screen printing, tour support, and online fulfillment, Merch Table partners with artists and labels looking to jumpstart their business. Visit merchtable.com to learn more and open a store today. On today's episode, we talk to the members of Team Dresh. It's all coming up on the future of what? Support for the future of what comes from Sound Exchange. You're listening to the future of what. I'm talking to the members of Team Dresh. My guests in studio today are the amazing Team Dresh. Hello. Hi. <laughs> okay, can we go around and have everybody introduce themselves? Jody Blyley. I'm playing the bass, the guitar, and singing in the Team Dresh. Kaya Wilson. I'm playing guitar and singing and harmonizing too. That seems special in a punk band. Totally. I'm Marceo Martinez. I'm one of the drummers that plays in the Team Dresh. <laughs> I don't sing or harmonize in this band, but I do sing in another band, but it's what I do in this band. Excellent. I'm Donna Dresh. I play guitar and bass. Yay. <laughs> well, this is very exciting to talk to you guys. For everyone who is listening who doesn't know, Team Dresh is not a new band. <laughs> I mean, define new. <laughs> Definitely not a new band. You guys have, uh, you know, you, I, and I'm not going to say that you broke up because you didn't, right? You never really broke up. We could say no. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, we could say we yes. Time. We could say yes. We, we could say space. no. We had some time. We had some time off. Time off. <laughs> time off, right? It's called a good old hiatus. A good old hiatus. However, we weren't together enough to break up. Yes. That's meta and deep, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But going backwards briefly, you guys were a seminal, important band in the 90s, those days that many of us remember. 1995 was your first release, Personal Best. And 94. 94? Well, we recorded it Well, the it Kill Rockstars was our first release. Oh, the Hand Grenade 7-inch yeah. on Kill Rockstars. Oh, yes, yeah. That spoiler one. alert. You guys <laughs> yeah. have a 7-inch on Kill Rockstars. <laughs> and Kill Rockstars and Jealous Butcher are reissuing Personal Best, Captain My Captain, and the Hand Grenade 7-inch. At the end of May. Yay. Yes. Exciting. Thank you. We're very excited about that. So, you know, the early 90s, let's talk a little bit about what it was like to be in a band at that time because we just did a podcast series on Bratmobile, which is another amazing band from that time period. But I think one thing that maybe made you guys a little bit different is you guys all really knew how to play instruments. <laughs> We had some musical backgrounds. Yeah, you had some Each you of know, us. previous experience, as it were. Nerdy, nerdy people you guys in all high school. Is this um, a question? Yeah, I'm oh. asking you guys, because I actually don't yeah. know this. I, well, let's go around. I got a pretty good music education in the public schools that I went to. I mean, not on guitar or bass, mm -hmm. but, you know, play the saxophone. <laughs> I got to play drums when my braces were being tightened. <laughs> <laughs> we had a really good choir program, and I sang in the church choir. And my mom is a good singer, so mm. I was always harmonizing around the house with her. But, you know, no teaching from teachers until later. But I've been studying singing, like, 
post, like in the in my 30s and 40s, I've been taking a lot of singing lessons, and I love, love it. I love studying singing. I love getting your phone calls when you were practicing. <laughs> when I'm practicing singing? Yeah, when you were doing a jazz, you, you were going to jazz open mics, and we're doing, like, scats and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, fun. so good. <laughs> Nothing like Jody it. Jody would call me and just set the phone down, and I hear, like, <laughs> That's when I lived in L.A. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> okay. Kaya, are I, you self-taught? I'm, I'm, are you I'm done? I'm very similar to done. Jody. Yeah. Okay. I, I also played saxophone, mm. and I played saxophone with my braces when they were getting tightened. I just want to say. Wow. I don't even know that was. <laughs> Kyle. I didn't even know that was something you're supposed to take a break about, but yeah, those are some smashed <laughs> your inner lip tight. issues. Oh, been like, real tight. Ouch. I just think that I just, I just, I went through the pain. I had to wear headgear, the whole nine yards. Anyway, but oh. saxophone and piano lessons when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I took piano lessons as a kid. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, public school. And then I also did not take lessons in guitar and yeah, that's my other instrument, guitar and nose flute. Flute? Nobody knows. Nose Nobody knows I play yeah. nose flute. Anyway, <laughs> so the guitar stuff is self-taught, and I can no longer read music. I look at it, and it is—it's just—it doesn't music make any it. sense. Yeah, it's true. I think that's totally true. I mm-hmm. can't read music anymore. Either. I can't yeah. read Russian anymore. Oh dear. Could you read? What Russian? is the world at one point? <laughs> I yeah. studied Russian in college, but I can't read it anymore. Oh, I mean, I can't even read it. I'm uh, not even talking yeah. about understanding it. Right. Saying I can't, you can't even read. I the, can't just read it out loud. Right. Wow. Uh, I can slow. I mean, very slowly though. But it's amazing how how you sorry, lose. We're, how we're you derailed. can lose. Sorry, it's, like, <laughs> it's right. It's easy. We made it almost to Marseille. Easy for us a tangent. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, like Jody and Kaya, I learned stuff in public schools, just like snare drum and like marching band, and then. When I got into like middle school, it was like jazz band where you could play the kit. And I was like, oh, I want to play the drums. And my teacher would always, he was a great instructor. I actually lived in a small town in Washington called Ocean Shores, mm-hmm. a very yeah. small little town for a brief period. And he was trying to get me to read music. And I just was like, I, you know, I, I'm playing drums. So yeah, it was it, learning how to read was just like a lost cause. I was like, I'm not going to read music. I'm just going to play by ear, by feeling. And he was like, all right. So learn this Sade beat, and then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> what so what song? That one I always... Sweetest Taboo, obviously. That's what that's saying. Exactly. Sweetest Taboo. So anyway, so that, yeah. And that was in public school, and he was great. And he actually was just like, you know what? Let's just go with it. But I did, when I was younger, like seven or eight years old, I took lessons with local jazz legend Mel Brown. Oh, was a jazz drummer. I took lessons at his shop, and he was like a mentor for me. Who just kind of would pop in and like, "Hey, that's great," you know. Let me like play all the displays, and so I had a little bit, but not. I can't read music, <laughs> so yeah. Wow, Donna, I didn't have any of those experiences. <laughs> I was eighteen, and a friend of mine was like, "Want to be in a band?" And I was like, "Okay." Yes. And I always wanted to be in a band, but I didn't. And so he's like, what do you play? And I just thought, well, the bass has four strings, so we'll start with that. (laughs) (laughs) And so we used to go to Olympia. There used to be a little music store right on Fifth Avenue. And we would go in the back there and like pretend like we were going to buy equipment. And so we would go in the little rehearsal place where you can try out the guitars. And then that's where we wrote our songs. Wow. Oh my! With the borrowed That's equipment, amazing. That's an amazing story. I love that. <laughs> and, then, and then I got obsessed, of course, and so I spent like I don't know how many months in like locked in this little closet, just studying, 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 recording, 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 mm-hmm. until I got better. <laughs> when you, you say so studying, good. what does that mean, Dreshi? Just like learning all the notes on the guitars, and there wasn't the internet then, so I couldn't watch any tutorials. I just kind of 
But did you play? Did you buy books? Did like you those play little along? Tabs? Well, because I had that four track that I still have. I would just record, listen, and then record again. <laughs> I was asking if you played along to other people's songs, covered yes. things. Learned how to play in part by yeah, playing along. Proletariat was one of the bands. A lot of crass bands that had very simple bass lines that I could follow. <laughs> Did you all stick with this first instrument? I mean, you started playing drums and then stuck with it. I learned guitar too. I had like some guitar playing kind of just by ear, like in like fourth grade. So yeah, I, I play guitar too. I started with bass when I was 14, but it's because I lived in a New York apartment in Manhattan. And it was like, you know, my what I really wanted to play was drums, but I didn't, there was no way. And then the day I took my first drum lesson, I got into a Pixies cover band the next day Ooh. because I was like, I, nice. I love this more than anything, but I will never sit in this tiny room and go thunk, thunk, bump. Like, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I can't believe people would actually play in a band with me when I had one drum lesson, but it works. What's your favorite instrument right now? Still drums. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play guitar. I can't get my fingers to do that, and it makes me annoyed. I'm too old That's now. how I feel about guitar. Right? We all do. I do love singing the most and that's what I loved first I mean I'd be fine just not playing any instrument but just it's always there's never enough people around to play the instruments you're so just, good at it though. you have to I mean the, uh, the reason I started learning different instruments though is at cer a certain point I was like well I want to be in a band and like I don't know who's going to be around. So if I can play everything a little bit, then like if they need me on this, I'll go to that. If they need me on this, I'll go to that. But I think in the end, that just causes trouble. <laughs> <laughs> or it just means you're really good at a bunch of things. Or mediocre at a bunch of things. Or mediocre. That's possible. Thank you, Portia. Those are good goals. <laughs> it is fine possible. Goal. It's also possible to be horrible at a lot of that things. That is true. That All of these things are possible. Horrible at guitar forever <laughs> and always. Always. Yes. And now Melissa also plays mm -hmm. drums in the Team Drash. And now <laughs> how are you guys working that out? Are you playing at the same time or thumb are you more. doing some Adam and the Ants thumb action? More. Yeah, we had to thumb more. So Melissa lives in North Carolina. So, I mean, just by my own like time off and stuff, I was like, you know, I can commit to the West Coast, but the East Coast stuff I can't commit to. And so that kind of worked out with this particular setup of touring. But that's kind of how we've done it is just sort of split off. If we play at the same show, she'll pop on and play and, you know, a couple songs and then on and then I'll like get on and play a few songs from like personal best or so we'll just split the record up and just kind of do our set like that. We've done that in the past, which would be fun to do that again. I'd love to do the two drummer thing on stage. Mm -hmm. I think know, that'd, that'd be, be fun. so fun. I love so bands with yeah. two drummers. It yeah, almost never cool. happens though. I, yeah. We we'll, did it we'll, once and it we was did it great. Once. Yeah, yeah. So well, hopefully we'll do it again.
That was Remember Who You Are by Team Drush. I get a ton of songs in my inbox every day, but managing them is a hassle. Disco makes managing and showcasing your music a breeze. It's like all the best parts of iTunes, SoundCloud, Dropbox, and MailChimp in one place. Whether you're an artist, manager, producer, sync rep, label, or music supervisor, Disco lets you manage and share your most valuable asset, your music. Head over to disco.ac future for a free trial. Plans start at just $10 a month. And when you're ready to go, use offer code FUTURE for 20% off. You're listening to the future of what? I'm talking to the members of Team Dresh. So, I mean, you never fully actually broke up. So what is it about now that feels like now is the time for you guys to to get back together? I wasn't at the meeting last summer when they decided that we were going to do all this. <laughs> this is unsanctioned so behavior. I can't answer this question. So I should have just said nothing. But instead, I'm just going <laughs> to state just that I'm there. very interested in the answer. Yes. <laughs> tell, Since 2004, tell us. <laughs> if somebody is like, come to Brazil or play this festival or do this thing, we'll be like, okay. And so it usually it was turning out to be like maybe one a show a year, like average, maybe a couple shows, if depending on who asked us. But we never like went out and be like, let's play a show on our own. So this is the first time that we were, have decided to do it by was ourselves. Was it Rob? It's who, Rob's who did fault, it? I think really. it was kind of Rob. I think it was Rob's, Kaya and Rob. Rob and it Kaya. must have been Kaya and Rob. Blame me. I, I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. I'll take the all the blame. Also, that thing happened where that horrible person got elected, and that did put a certain little mm, yes. uh, sense of like, oh, shit. you know, it seems like a pretty good time to be, as we are, politically active band to mm-hmm. the degree that we are. That it, I think we all got a little inspired by that in a way you don't want to be inspired by. Right, right. And then also writing new songs. Yeah, I mean, Janet Weiss had that <laughs> show fun. after the election yeah. that we played at the mm. uh, Crystal. Crystal, yeah. And that was a really good show. It was really fun, and I like it felt good musically. So I know that after that, I felt like this feels like happening musically. It would be fun to write write, write new songs. Mm. And we, we, we love each other. And I think also this is about the political climate, too. It brought us <laughs> into— Jody's expression. <laughs> I know. J- Jody— <laughs> Loves me so. I'm ready. <laughs> I do love you. Give me a hug. I'm just, but, I but just I just ready to go into the emotional that, that section. Brought us. I think that brought us closer together and more like, oh yeah, we're family, and we also love playing music together. And there is something special about the chemistry of us that it just feels. I don't know. It's like riding a bike too. It's like we're mm-hmm. just oh, let's do it again. Let's make some new music too. Let's make new love <laughs> again. I mean, we're still hanging out even Let's when we weren't playing candles, music. We just hang out. Get we're the flat wine glasses out. It's true, but it sparked a little something. <laughs> yeah, extra. Now, now we hang out a lot more. Yeah. We definitely do. So, so when you guys first got together, I mean, you were a very political band in the 90s, right? And that was sort of an, a moment of political bands, which was a great era for those of us who lived through it and for younger people who are now discovering it. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, like you brought up the, you know, orange Hitler person. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we might as well go there a little bit. Like, how do you guys feel about where we're at right now in terms of the political climate with music? Well, coming out as trans, <laughs> you know, in the last few years is kind of like, wow, you know, I feel like this is just, it's scary and it's awful. And then of course, coming from the queer, you know, being out and coming out as like a late, how old was I, like 18 as a, 
you know, Butch Dyke and then, you know, just that evolution of that and politically and just seeing when we were in a band and seeing all that, like just personally, I just think like, it feels like it's just never ending. Like we're always having to kind of do this work. And I think that that's for me, obviously it, it's still very personal, but it's also like now I'm out and what does this look like? You know, what does it look like from the past? What's it look like now? And I think we, we've had a lot of discussions around that and we, I think we all just feel like, I'm speaking for me here, but I, you know, I feel like it's time that we continue talk. you know, we need it. I think people really want, want to hear that. They want to see that people that they remembered from their teen, twenties, college, whatever age, you know, that there's this feeling of passion and anger, but also some sense of like, we can, we always have little humor and hope. There's always hope and there's love and there's always this sort of love songs attached to, you know, there's definitely some romanticness written in some of the songs, you know? So I, I don't know. I feel like for, for me, it felt like this is even more important of a time to really do the work that we do. I mean, it's always, it's always going to be something that I'm going to want to do, but I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes a lot <laughs> yeah. of sense. All of it. Yeah. Anybody else? Sometimes it feels like it's end time. So it feels like, hey, let's go for Go out with the bangs? Is, I don't know. <laughs> what, like the, like the uh, band on the Titanic? <laughs> oh, that's, we're going to just great, play. That's really a good metaphor. We're going to play. It might, play be, down the it ship. might be sinking. Play down with the ship. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to play in it. So how does it feel different to you guys? Like, cause I feel like, you know, I was in bands at the same time as you guys, you know, I, I was one of those bands that like we started a riot girl band cause we read about it in sassy magazine and so we great. like covered, you know, we covered a bikini kill song and a Bratmobile song and all that it's stuff, so lovely. And, you know, wrote stuff on our arms and, and did all that stuff in Iowa, which I went to Iowa for some bizarre this reason. Is so cool. You know, so it felt like there was a movement, right? It felt like there was a lot going on in the culture and that everybody was really relating. And I feel like what is happening? Like, what do you feel like is happening now? Because I feel like there's more silent despair now, like more like people mm. sort of at home being like, this sucks. I can't believe this. But they're not as out there. I mean, there are lots of women on stage right now and performing and being in bands and having things to say. But for some reason, it feels different to me. And I don't know if that's the same for you guys. I don't know what's going on in the music scene. In the, I can't compare them because at that time I was going to shows every night and now I'm not. Mm -hmm, so right. I, ca I can't yeah. compare it on that level. Like, and now, you know, I have kids. So my life is more, you know, I'm home more. But also I work with like different political activist groups and I've been like trying to raise money for the Portland hub of the Sunrise Movement, which is, I mean, a lot of people I know have heard of Sunrise Movement, but they're essentially trying to make the Green New Deal a reality. If you've heard of the Green New Deal, it's because of them basically. And so it's a youth-led movement, but as an older person, I'm just trying to get money to them. So in that scene, there's so much just beyond hope, there's just action and like vibrancy and like just trying to cultivate this vision of this truly better world, like not just a world that's run without fossil fuels, but a just transition to an economy where everyone who wants a job can have a job, et cetera. So it's really actually like very exciting in a way that is even more exciting than some of the political stuff in the 90s in the sense that it's. I mean, it's just like a a revamp of capitalism, getting rid of fossil fuels. I mean, it's just such a 
total transformation of society that it's kind of mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, that's what energizes me a lot right now, but I don't, I'm sure, and I always assume that there's stuff going on in music that I just don't know about, mm -hmm. that it could be like just as awesome as it was, you know, in 1995, but I just wouldn't know. I feel mm -hmm. that way too, except it's the weirdest thing. It's like the internet was such a, an equalizer and a flattener mm -hmm. at the same exact time, you know? It's like, yeah. it, mm -hmm. it suddenly we could all touch each other and then suddenly everything just went sort of the same. Yeah, like, you're right, you're like, right. Which right. is just, just weird. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I just think it's weird. No, you're right, it's weird. It's weird. Oh, that internet. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Donna, you're like, I love the internet. <laughs> Donna knows how to do fun things on the internet. Donna, Donna was, you were before your time <laughs> with the internet. I what are we talking about? <laughs> no, I'm not like, sure. like there was one show I went to live. I won't mention the name of the local band, but I'd heard them about them. I'd read about them in papers. They sounded exciting. I went out to one of their shows shortly after the election time, and something really big had happened that day. I don't remember what it was, and nothing was said at the show from stage. It's just one band, you know. Right. But I was kind of like, wow, nothing. Right. I know. That's the part. I'm I'm surprised, right? I, I feel like there would be more people using their platforms, I think, a little bit more. And I don't know. Maybe that's just naive or maybe it's just because that's how we grew up. Like the era that we went through, people were using their platforms. Now I feel like it's more bands that are, are older, like you guys, mm -hmm. and bands that have been around, let's you know, Slater Kinney and bands who've been around for a long time, they're using their platforms, but it's like they're already established. Mm -hmm. They're not yeah. new bands. Maybe that younger, like the younger generation, maybe it is because of the, you know, you're on social media, and so it's easy to speak behind a computer. I mean, I'm, I got off Facebook because I was just like, my blood pressure was going off, you know, it was too bad. It was like crazy. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there is that difference of just generation, like you're saying, I mean, I didn't really realize until I heard how they met and how like letters were being, you know, zines and people were connecting, you know, and then this tiny little chat rooms that were just really specifically about connecting communities together and like talking in person. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is something of that disconnect. Like it does bring people together, but it does separate us. Because right. we're just all sitting behind a computer and like fighting and arguing or feeling, you know, more free to say what we feel in our opinions because it's easier when you're behind a computer but when it comes to speak you know it's it's just different and so we think yeah maybe that's part of it but i know that like as we've been looking for bands like to open for us on tour and uh -huh. i feel like a lot of bands that identify as queer core bands now or queer punk yeah. or, you know there's so many more now than there were oh, then yeah. so many yeah. so oh, many yeah, there are. and they in interviews they are just political like the whole way through, just up front. It's all about like yeah. representation. I mean, it just and like anti-racism, intersectionality. I mean, it's just they are just they bring it. So yeah. I think there are definitely scenes where people are mm -hmm. the politics, it's like just the ticket in the door. It's like you already are at this expected to be at this level of like political awareness that is way beyond what I think the average band and we were at the time, you know, compared to us, we were just like, we're just gay and we need to find other gay people. If anyone's gay out there, come talk to us after the show so we can be gay together. <laughs> Not quite as sophisticated as some of the stuff that I've been reading. Right. But yeah, there's a lot more 
fans, right? There's just like a lot There's, more yeah. independent bands because it's so much easier to record, to find each other, and to I don't right? Am I am I wrong? Are there are no, more no, bands more. now. Oh my many, god! There's more people. So There's more, more human people. beings on the planet. There's people more had bands. a lot of babies and stuff, so, and we kept growing up. Seriously, we just, we, no, exactly. So we just <laughs> don't. Are your kids? Yeah, just <laughs> so like we just don't. Yeah, two billion more people. Than I think it's then. also that we're just we we stood out more at the time, probably too, right? Because there weren't as many people right. doing political stuff. So now the people who are are more in bands who are more politically active, it's maybe a little harder to find because it's saturated more. I don't know. Also, mm -hmm. I I am too don't go out to shows. I know basically anymore. Or like it's That's just like a different we're at a different age, and right. oh, I don't want to sound old, but I am. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, because I feel like I could just complain about, you know, we did a, at our office, we did a brief, very informal survey of the names of Spotify playlists, and it was like literally everything and chill uh -huh. was uh -huh. like, you know, there's like, you know, uh, barbecue and chill, coffee and chill, <gasps> Saturday afternoon chill, like Everything. <laughs> Wait, are these the names that Spotify gives yeah, to their pre Spotify to their pre-made pre playlists? Playlist, exactly. Yeah. So everyone just wants to chill all the time, Mind right? And control. I feel like that's been my like personal little problem with the music climate in the last few years is that everybody wants to chill. Like chilling yeah. is what we do, right? It's like Netflix and chill. It's a joke, but it's not a joke. It's right. exactly what everyone wants to do. And I'm like, we Netflix and chilled ourselves right into Donald Trump. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And now I'm like really afraid. It feels like we're panicking as a species. Yeah. Wait, what's the, <laughs> we're what, very anxious. What was the Muckle Tail Fairy song? The Muckle Tail Fairy song where Josh would scream like, we are not your entertainers. I mean, it's a classic like punk trope, but he would, I just remember him screaming at us and it made me so happy. <laughs> Don't look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't chill at all. Was it you who was in Nisqually Delta Podunk Nightmare? No. That was me. Oh, that was you. <laughs> okay. Just, just for a brief moment. Yeah. Like everybody else. Was that was one of my first releases on my cassette label called Make Toast Not War, pre-Chainsaw. Pre-Chainsaw days. <laughs> oh, my God. I wow. have four releases. We need that bumper Do you remember them back all? in the world. Make toast there was a spoken war. word that mm -hmm. Slim's also on, a spoken words cassette called Someone Said, Nisqually Delta Puddock Nightmare, Danger Mouse, and there's one more that I can't remember. Did you put out Rastro? No, this is way before that. Oh, this is like way 86, oh, 87. Wow. I <laughs> 80, don't even know it. Tops. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think, Donna, you're the reason that Slim moved to Olympia. No. Yeah, because you were going on tour and you let him stay in a room, in your room or, or something. Or you moved into the Alamo. Yeah, exactly. And that was. <laughs> I don't think it was me, but we had a great group of people right then. That it was probably. Somebody else's room. Well, he always says it was you. So uh, maybe because yeah, time at this a, point. My very first girlfriend, I think I was probably maybe staying at her place. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> I was like not even I was like 18, 19. Isn't it kind of awesome it's to have lovely. like I mean, this is so cool that you guys are still good friends and love each other because you can hold those memories for each other. You know, I feel like that's the saddest thing in the world when you meet people who don't have friends from yeah. Throughout their lives, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like that's what my old friends do for me. It's like we remember each other when we were like geeky and 12 and doing stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. We're 18. Yeah, we geeky didn't do and... stupid stuff. Though. That's <laughs> the difference. <laughs> no, it's true. I love that. Yeah. The history.
That was Hate the Christian Right by Team Drash. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KRSFOW and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. When Kill Rockstars was looking for someone to take over our fulfillment operation, Merch Table stepped up to do the heavy lifting, moving our entire stock to their warehouse and helping us create merch our fans love. With Merch Table's support, we've been able to focus on the music and artists that matter to us. KRS loves Merch Table. See what they can do for your business at merchtable.com. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to the members of Team Dresh. So I guess we got to talk more about, I mean, we're excited. The releases are coming out and you guys are going on tour. So what are you looking forward to about this upcoming little period of time? I'm excited about releasing the new song. We recorded three songs. Yeah, no, the new songs are, that's so exciting. Have you heard of it? I haven't, no, I have not been allowed to listen to anything yet. (laughs) Wow, Rob is hardcore. (laughs) <laughs> well, he doesn't know what he's allowed. He didn't know what he was allowed to play for me. He's so, Wait, by who? So Girl No, by us, I guess. No, by you. You guys. Really? I can't believe he boss. has boundaries. He You're, the boss. Boss. You're the telling boss. Us what Rob has boundaries. He tells us what to do. I, I know. Yeah. This is really weird. We really gonna, thought Rob was in charge. Let me give him, let me give him a <laughs> ring real he's quick. So, he's so mellow, though. He's like, the best. He would never. Yeah. He would never play me something without your permission. He is mellow. <laughs> well, that one song is finished. Oh, yeah, the other two are still getting mixed. It's a good one. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. I'm excited. Yeah, so that's really exciting. New music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'll second the motion. That's probably the most exciting. It's like, oh, we, are, we wrote a new song. It's like I know. So it was crazy. really a good feeling when we all put it together and we're like, oh, we actually really like this too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm just excited about playing, about that feeling of getting better at playing live when you play a bunch of shows in a row just starting to flow. I mean, we're going to end up, you know, those segues between songs. We might end up writing little pieces just off the cuff in between. Yeah. That's what you I'm want. I'm just planting let's, the seed. Let's work on that tonight. We did it once. Practice. We did it once at a warehouse show in Tacoma. Oh, I love that kind of. And it I was it. amazing. And whenever we do that, I feel like we are like the most professional band ever. When yes. it's like, ends the note, bing. And then the new next song starts while you're still holding that oh, note. And I'm like, we're so professional. Oh, yeah. Let's try, let's <laughs> Boy, try to do that. Let's go for that. Let's go for that. I'm also excited because we're the ready. like, we're so lucky about we have the most lovely people that come to our shows. And yes. we love mm-hmm. that. It's just oh, like awesome. so lucky. Yeah. And so it's a great exchange of just having fun, feeling the music. It's really about the crowd. Like the crowds are so fun. And it's like a big family reunion every time we play shows. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So who in the band has the best memory for historical details? I don't know. Not me. Not me either. I think Donna, we have to maybe. combine I think it's our Donna. memories to have this. It's like Wonder Twin Power in your, <laughs> That's your memories. So one remembers one detail, though the other one doesn't? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Just curious? Just just curious. No, I just, I'm always curious about that sort of thing. Because yeah. it's like, it's so hard to remember what oh, I have. The, I have the worst. Because like that show in Paris where there was the fight and the <laughs> kicking of the thing and the van driving away and the I mean like literally I scary do not <laughs> my memories of that are like Are you talking about Paris? Yeah, yeah. It's like a picture. It's like I and then we were talking about it maybe a month ago or something and you remembered a lot more Donna than I do. And well, I, was I was like was wow it was almost like I wasn't so there. I remembered because I was having a very bad time. 
I remember that I was having a bad time. Oh, yeah. Well, we all because were of the fight, you mean? Yeah, not, we not, it wasn't a band fight. It was bad guys came there to the some, show. There was some, like, <laughs> oh we, my don't, God. we don't know. We didn't speak the language, so we didn't know why there was riots happening. There was some crazy riots happening, and there was all these men coming into the show and, like, grabbing girls and, like, kind of. Oh, my God. It, yeah, it was really gross. Had and, no idea what awful, happened. Yeah. And we, people had to form a human chain from the yeah, front door to that. the van so nobody would fuck with us while we were loading our equipment. Melissa oh. got fucked with them. But I, I feel like I remember, like, kicking my way out of the door, yeah. running towards the van. I think Bikini mm-hmm. Kill was already in the van. Yeah. I don't, I just, it's all blur. And we had to fill the van with concert goers and drive them to their cars because it wasn't a safe to go to their cars. When was this? When was this show? 96. 96. In Paris. Wow. Oh my God. But, but we you, didn't know what was going do, on. But you do, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you have more of a memory because you had, they say that like if you're stressed and you have the cortisol, your memories get embedded more. Well, because some guy grabbed you and then I leaped over a table and like tried to grab some guy and you're like, I got it. I handle it. It's okay. Really? And I remember this being like, I was just trying to help. <laughs> Wow, Dreshy. Well, you are, you, you're like, when you see bad things happening, you go into serious beast mode. You want to. I'm trying to learn not to do that because I've learned sometimes it's good to witness and call 911 versus go in swinging. <laughs> Donna goes in swinging. Well, you used to. But you it's go, you have this too, combination though, of like. You go in swinging, like there's no hesitation. You're going to go in with your fists, but also emotional, like crying, crying, <laughs> swinging. It's a, oh, that's wow. a very heavy combination. Cause if it were just anger, that's easier to handle. I think that's the raddest superhero, Shiro, that, <laughs> that has ever existed. Me, like, I'm running away. See y'all. <laughs> that would totally make the terrible... bad dudes run though. Like, like the crying lady head. is coming with her fists. <laughs> like, oh my God. That would. That would be like very effective, I think. Extremely. But I think Donna, you do have a really good memory, don't you? Because I she, think so too. You yeah. keep coming up with Donna. all of these anecdotes, yeah. like and details. When we have conversations like this, I love hearing the stories. Mm-hmm. Well, if only we had an Aaron Smith, because Aaron Smith is like a historian. <gasps> she is terrifying. She is a- like an encyclopedia. Aaron Smith yeah. probably knows every single detail about every Batmobile thing. <laughs> she so okay. Cool. So when I did, was doing the interviews for that podcast. Every person I asked, I said, when was it recorded? And everyone had different answers and nobody could really remember. And it was like one day, but they weren't really sure what happened because there was also a show. And there's and then Kathleen Hanna threw a bottle or something, right? Aaron literally gave me, she was like, at 9 p.m. we were in mm-hmm. this place. And then we would, I mean, she knew the whole, she's amazing. Yeah, and that's 25 years ago. Whenever we have conversations, we can go right back to like that time in Ghent. You know, we're... You guys are, you have superpowers. That's really amazing. Well, she, so she remembers it and that sparks your own memory. Mm. Oh, wow. She's, I don't remember anything. I never. She's the historian. Know what's going on. The really saddest is when somebody remembers the thing that you were totally there for. You can't even oh, get any of it. And then you're like, I was there. That's yeah. me too. Oh, God. Yeah. It's happened. Yeah, Slim has a super memory too. And he reminds me of things that I said 19 years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> nope. That's a dangerous person to be around. Somebody else wasn't me. But it's like every day's Groundhog's Day with me. I'm always happy to see him. I'm like, oh, hey, I like you. (laughs) I just got to this planet. Right. Um, Here I am. (laughs) So your band has been very important to the queer community and is still. And I think that is a very exciting thing to be. It's nice to be that and especially to be active. 
and and coming back with more music. So I know yeah. people are really excited to hear new stuff. I mean, that's like, I could not believe it when I heard you guys were going to make new music. I was like, what? I thought we were here. just going to do some cool reissues. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. But still, like, oh, my God. That makes me excited, Portia. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I like writing the song and going to the studio, but I don't really think about it beyond that. So seeing a person say, that's so exciting. That It's really like, exciting. Is, I didn't really realize that it was exciting until now. It is. Well, think <laughs> about if you're, you know, a band that you love suddenly writes new music out of nowhere. That's true. I know. I don't it's put, delightful. I don't make those connections. Blake Versus just put out a new EP. I bought it. I was so excited. I love it. There you go. But I don't go to the next step and think, oh, people feel that way about Team Dresh. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, okay, did that, got next thing to do. Okay, what's, okay, I've got to call the dentist. Okay, you know, I just don't. <laughs> so seeing you smile makes me excited. It just slots right <laughs> in. You're like me, you're like a golden retriever. It's like, what's next? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I like you. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I just described myself. And <laughs> now you guys know everything you need to know about me. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you go on tour next month. And everybody is like, you're, you're all putting your jobs on hold and your lives on hold for to do the tour thing and it's yeah. all going to be amazing everyone's yeah. cool with that your children are <laughs> supportive the children yeah supportive supportive the children. dogs I mean, the dogs have caregivers yeah yeah we're doing it like an old people tour like the june shows are every weekend mm -hmm. and like we're taking like a couple days off of work here and there but we're not going whole, you know like Every night for months. No, yeah. no, we we're we're in, in our thirties now. We are so, in the fall. You know, we you know we can't do what we we're used to do. We're in our thirties now that yeah. we're in our thirties. Yeah, we have to kind of just <laughs> take it easy. Take it a little. I remember easy. my thirties. They seem really <laughs> active. <laughs> seemed like I was full of energy in my thirties. Mm. But yeah, so yes. so you're doing it like old people, which is mm. I like that. In the fall, we're gonna go couple weeks because obviously you know Two we gotta we gotta go over there well yeah and we can't fly back every weekend no we're not those kind of carbon using jet setting superstars we're all too we're scared just of regular flying. people <laughs> and we're too scared of flying says donna <laughs> no i'm not scared of flying thanks to clonopin <laughs> <laughs> thanks to it yeah it's true uh, yeah i guess if you had a bigger record label too we could you know, fly you home every weekend. Is Kill Rock Stars offering to fly us do. home every weekend? That sounds <laughs> thinking so about it. I think that would. I know suck. these guys would I don't never guys do would it. Like that. They'd hate it. They would hate it so well, much. Well, I like settling. I do actually like settling in to being on tour. Like I like that feeling. I mean, there's a point where it's like, okay, now I want to be home, but like, I wouldn't like this like right. push and pull. I just want to get in there and be in it and be all gross and you know sleep horribly and eat gross food totally for two two weeks two weeks two that's the max there you <laughs> no. go and that's actually Nothing like a month right at the end of two weeks that's when you get super tight and you have all those segues yep. between songs mm -hmm. and it's perfect that's and right. then you're done yeah well that's true actually we're what gonna if be tight we took the <laughs> right segues when we're ready and cut ready. them yeah. out and made them into cues and then we scored a film with those segues that we made up in between the songs during the are show. we gonna play the what if game that'd be so fun game. I just like writing and improvising. If we could improvise more in Team Dresh, Jazz. then it would really be my favorite band. I mean, it already is, but it'd be my, like, even more. You're jazz. Maybe that could be next year, like, Team Dresh free jazz version. Yeah. Donna's you, do, like, <laughs> you do vocal improvisation. That's true. That's true. Between, Donna's like, please keep it in your lane. No, One or two song vocal songs, improv. In between songs, there's a lot of improvisation that happens. Talking. 
Yes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I think that that's one thing that people really like. I like it how you're trying to keep it positive so that I don't force us to start trying to like do jam sessions <laughs> on stage. <laughs> well, you guys don't have like a Pearl Jam in your future type, like three hour show where you can do like or the breakdown, a whole like improv. Fagazi does, where Jody starts talking about like the plight of whatever is in the whatever. Yeah, I don't think I would be shocked if we ever became like a lot of bands do the get pretty jammy, like go into mm-hmm. space jams. Longer, you know, built to spill. Slater Kenny got jammier kind of mm-hmm. at the end. I mean, I'm not against it, but I don't see it happening with Donna and the band. More fun for the, <laughs> I do think it's also, it's possible that it's more fun for the band and anybody who's stoned in the audience, and that's about it. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. Well, Maybe I so. agree with you, but that's... So. You know, I mean, I, personally, when yeah, I watch yeah. Jam Jammy, if I'm not stoned, I'm like, oh... Yeah, but maybe not with like built to spill because people just want to watch Doug do anything, and so they're just like, yeah, they're just like, he's doing a long solo. It's possible yeah. I'm thinking about the Oregon Country Fair. <laughs> That's true too. There's like a, a balance, hippie. not quite ex- as extreme as the Oregon Country Fair. Maybe not, unless you are thinking that. No, plus I'd be playing bass, so all I I just have to vamp on something and just Boop-a-doop. get super yeah. zoned out. But you guys would have to become like super guitar noodlers. But to, it's fun to to. To maintain a long jam. So, are you guys doing any like? Are, is anyone going to be tabling at your shows when you're out on the road? Have you? Sunrise Movement is going to table in Portland. Excellent. And I could get in touch with them actually in Seattle, and San Francisco and LA too. That's a good mm-hmm. idea. Thank you, Portia. Yeah, thank you so much mm-hmm. for reminding us. <laughs> I just I feel like last time I saw you, there were people tabling at yes. your show. And yeah, so it seems like a good synergy thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool.
That was Your Hands, My Pockets by Team Drash. You're listening to The Future of What? After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. Also, check out our short podcast series about Bratmobile's potty mouth. It's called Girl Germs, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to the members of Team Drash. Well, do you guys have anything you want to talk about? Or, you know, I mean, obviously, this is just a big, fat love fest. Everyone's happy. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are not as much fun as a band that fights all the time. There's always like... Yeah, no. Really? Right in the podcast? Tension in the podcast? Not fun VH1 behind the music. No, no, this is not a VH1 behind the music special. You guys would all just be like hanging out (laughs) happily. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we actually like followed the questions for the most part, which is... Yeah. No, that was, you guys, I was expecting a little more, like, I wouldn't have to do so much work, so. But you guys suck. Put you to task. (laughs) Put you to task. Yeah. I have questions about the music business. Okay, so you you did a podcast recently about trends of 2019. Yes. So, like, say, you know, we're, we're obviously not trying to make money. So it's kind of different because we don't have to really think about the music business because we're not trying to make our living. Right. Doing this. Right. So kind of money aside, but like which of those things do you think, like you, Portia, music consultant to the stars, would be like things that Team Drash could do or that would be fun? Or like, I don't know, should we play a show inside Fortnite, for oh example? God. What is that? That's a great oh, idea. That one video game. Look, that see, you just really came up into. with that idea. That's perfect. No, play a video like, game. Is that that video? That's a yeah. video, right? Yeah, it's get... a big video game. It's uh, my son is eight, and so it's like all the eight-year-olds are yeah. just bananas for Fortnite. Because none of them are allowed to play it. They only see it from older siblings. Oh. You know, so they hear about it. They actually have no idea. I want to play in a video game. That'd be well, cool. I mean, Donna is always cutting edge internet. I mean, she was in Second Life. She's probably still in Second Life. I don't know. <laughs> I did I did uh, log in a couple, like, two years ago to see if it still existed. What is Does it? Does it? What are we even It still exists. I think it's now sex. I think it's mostly sex stuff. Oh, yes. The interior, yeah, the internet that has devolved into sex sites. I think all these yeah. people just have their little avatars, just their avatars, and you, they just do this. They like, mash go, them against each yeah, other. just going and back that's and forth. Oh they're smashing it. That's a video game? <laughs> well, it's not a video. It's a thing on a computer, but it's not really a game. It's just a virtual world where you can just do whatever you want. You could build a coffee shop. You could mash your avatar with someone and make sweet love. You could buy a T-shirt. <laughs> it makes me feel depressed like a new carpeted apartment with no windows that smells like off-gassing. You know what? Off-gassing. People really... Ooh. Carpet gets a bad name. I love carpet. <laughs> well, there's certain... I mean, the, 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 that one You know what else like, I love? Rugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, that didn't transfer. There was a winking. We need to, we but need to Portia, narrate. What about I think TikTok? you could hear that wink. What you could hear TikTok? that wink. <laughs> yeah, that was an audible wink. We need to get advice from Portia. What about TikTok? Yeah. I what do we need to be doing out there? Mm, Just fun, like TikTok. fun stuff. Yeah. I don't even know what TikTok is, but. No, yeah, you definitely don't want to do TikTok. You definitely want to stay away from the things that are exploiting the value gap and paying artists even less money than they should be. Oh yeah, that's bad. Getting. So that would be TikTok and YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Okay, so too. we don't yeah, want to be on YouTube. Well, you have no choice. You don't want to get me started on the music business because here's the problem. Yeah, you do have no choice. That's the problem with YouTube is users are going to be able to upload your content onto YouTube and the only thing you have no recourse, you can't get it taken down. 
There's nothing you can do. You can't say no. But you can get paid for it using their content ID system. But their content ID system pays everybody way less money than any of the other streaming services because they don't have to negotiate the rate. Even less than Spotify? Oh, yeah. Wow. Way less than Spotify, which is shocking when you think about fractions of a penny that you get for Spotify. Wow. Yeah, sorry, this was the real depressing portion of this. No, it's true. It's interesting, though, because we, like, when we're going to release this song, I mean, Donna does video stuff. I know stuff isn't a technical term, but I don't really understand that world. And so Donna's like, we can't just release a piece of music. We have to make some kind of video. That's right. That's true. And so this is, to your point about YouTube. Right. So it's going to be there. It has to be there. It has to be everywhere, but the little pieces of video also get to go on Instagram and, you know, Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter and all those places Mm -hmm. too. And that's the thing is that's where people are. Mm -hmm. So that's where those things go. They really are on these days. They're really on those those social media. Yeah, where do do the fans that are trying to make a living make their most (laughs) money nowadays? Is it from touring? Is it from like ticket sales at shows? I would say that the way that bands really make money nowadays is to be business savvy and aware of all the different income streams so that you can capture those income streams. I think the worst thing you can do is just think that there's only one way to make a living, like saying, oh, well, touring is the only place that we're going to make a living. No, you have to you know, pay attention to your money from touring, but also be like really on top of all these crazy income streams, which is why it's so much harder now to be a successful band because you definitely need someone to do your business. If you can't do it, I mean, almost no one can do that yourself Mm -hmm. and also be a full-time band. Mm -hmm. So you need a manager or you need a label or you need a label, you know, management company, something Mm -hmm. that's going to do it for you just to hang on to all those little bits. Because you have to capture all the You have to capture all the bits. Dollars, dollars from everywhere. Exactly. Because they do add up. What about if we can make like, Two or three million on one of those fundraising sites, like some bands have done. Oh, the crowdsourcing, <laughs> crowdfunding. So we, we Christian Christian music sure makes a lot oh, on their crowdfunding. Know. Yeah, I don't. No, you know, that's the, the funny thing. Well, you know, you heard about pledge music just going down. No, so that was the big music. Oh, it was crowdfunding um, site, and that just crashed and burned. They stole everybody's money and. <gasps> People are out millions. Dang. So John Zorn, oh. John Zorn is out two hundred thousand dollars. That band Jesus Jones from the nineties yes. oh, yeah, is out. I think they're out. What did they say? Like a million, like a lot. What? Wow. Yeah, and so just people pledged that much people money. People pledged all that money. Pledge music and yeah. pledge music didn't pledge pay music the band. Kept, right. And yeah, they kept oh, the money, wow. and and now they went out of business. They went bankrupt. So it does all really seem bad. really, really overwhelming. They took the money and ran. They, they did. They did. And but and recently, I think it was yesterday or this morning, all of the people on the board's names and addresses were posted online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. And that is the danger of, don't, you know. Well, yeah. The internet. Steal the money. <laughs> don't. We're going to find you where yeah. you live. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> is that the band that did like right here, right now? Yeah. What? Right here, right now. Totally. Right Which I have to say, right since now. I've been reading their posts about being screwed over by Pledge Music, I really like Jesus Jones way more than I ever <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> In the, what in the world? Yeah. Wake up from history. And yeah, still, here we are, right here, right now. Right mm-hmm. here, right now. Totally. Well, that does not sound easy <sighs> out there compared to when we had our own record labels and just got like 50% of all the money from each unit sold. Well, that's because mm-hmm. there was physical sales then. And mm-hmm. physical yep. sales, you know, that's a real amount of money. Yep. Point zero zero four three cents is n- in no way a real amount of money. Like that is not an actual. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah, thing. it seems really, really <laughs> difficult. Not a thing. I'm so into hard copy. Yeah, 
Physical is where it's at. Physical. Okay, Let's get but physical. If you hear of anything that you think would be fun, like playing in Fortnite or whatever TikTok is, you say that's not fun. But, you know, stuff like that that you think we wouldn't think of. Okay. On a roof, on a roof. Especially if we can do it from from our houses and we don't have to go out after dark. (laughs) On your roof. Yes. There you go. I like it. Okay. Well, that's the plan then. Well, thanks, you guys. I'm so glad to talk to you. It's been so nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Portia. It's been lovely being here. Thank you. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Team Dresh and, of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at killerockstars.com slash the future of what and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts. Special thanks this week to Amber Sweeney. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rock Stars. See you next week. <laughs>